Welcome to the Horror Babble Podcast. The Seeking Thing by Janet Hirsch The country road wasn't paved, and the green Pontiac raised pools of dust as Paul Allenby drove carefully along in the dimming autumn day. Everything was hazy, and he squinted as he went along, straining to see the many curves and turns in the fading light. Suddenly he jammed on the brakes, and, swearing under his breath, peered out into the dusk. A crumpled shape lay near his right front wheel. He snapped off the ignition and got out, muttering, "'Always has to be me!' But he quickly knelt down beside the huddled figure, trying to find some sign of life. As he touched the limp body, he jumped to his feet with an involuntary cry of revulsion. Then he laughed harshly, but his hand was shaking as he lit a cigarette and gave the old burlap bag a disgusted kick. Without another look, he got into the car, slammed the door, and drove away. He didn't feel the soft touch of the bag as it attached itself under the car. It was dark when the stocky, dark-haired Allenby reached the motel, and he parked the dusty car behind his cabin. When he got inside, he switched on the lights and got a glass, and poured himself a generous slug of bourbon. Sure can use this. His pleasant face wore a smile, but he was still shaking. As he raised his glass, his hand stopped in mid-air, and the smile left. There was a wide, ugly scratch, stretching from fingertip to wrist, slowly oozing blood. That's funny, he mused. I didn't feel a thing. There must have been a nail in that old sack. He gulped his drink gratefully, and then fixed up his hand with iodine and band-aid. The throbbing woke him up, just as it was getting light outside. Uh-oh, I'm in for it. Guess I better get to Doc Bradley for a tat shot before I go home. He grabbed a quick coffee at the all-night stand, and got an early start. He didn't see the curled-up shape lying on the floor in the back of the car. The doctor stripped off the bandage. A putrid stench rushed into the room, and he stepped back. Good God, man, what happened to you? Paul Allenby shrugged his broad shoulders. It's only a scratch, Doc. It hasn't even bothered me until this morning. Dr. Bradley went to work, quickly cleaning and dressing the bloodless gash. Puzzled, he shook his head. Mm, it's a mess, all right. But strangely enough, there doesn't seem to be any infection. Still, I'm going to give you a penicillin shot along with the tetanus, just to make sure. And listen, Paul, call me tomorrow and let me know how you feel. Sure, sure, I won't forget. Allenby watched impatiently, as the slender, adept fingers bandaged the brown-stained hand, thanked the tall physician, and drove home. Paul Allenby quietly let himself in the front door of his comfortable brick ranch house, and tiptoed toward the kitchen in the back. "'I'll be some surprise for Helen,' he chuckled to himself, as he crept up behind her. She was washing some glasses in the sink, and her gay humming, combined with the sound of running water, made his approach completely unheard. As he kissed the back of her neck, 
whispering, Surprise! She whirled around with a sharp scream and hit him across the face. He fell back in shocked disbelief, and then saw the horrified dismay in her violet eyes. She just stood there, repeating, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He led her over to a chair and tried to calm her down. It's all right, baby, never mind. All my fault for startling you anyway. She smiled wanly, pushing back her disarrayed blonde hair. You scared me stiff, Paul. I thought you were some strange thing. I'm always nervous when you're away. I I'm sorry. He laughed at her, stroking her hair and patting her hands. There you go again on that Alfred Hitchcock kick of yours. <laughs> After he kissed away her pout, she noticed his bandaged hand. What's that? she asked. And whatever happened to your suit? Sleep in a barn? Just a scratch, honey. Tell you all about it later over dinner. And make it snappy, will you? I'm starved. As he showered and changed his clothes, he noticed a clinging sour smell and decided it was his crumpled suit added to the medication. He forgot all about it, over Helen's delicious pork and pineapple casserole. Next morning, Helen left the house quietly. It was Saturday, and Paul always slept late on weekends after he came back from one of his trips. So she took the dirty suit to the tailor to be cleaned and pressed and deodorized, if possible. Her perky nose wrinkled with distaste, then she bought some things that Paul liked especially. She got fresh cream, a honeydew, some imported roquefort, and a carton of beer. He wasn't really asleep, but he wanted to think things out, and, above all, he didn't want to frighten Helen. His hand didn't hurt at all, but the brown stain had spread up to his elbow, and the odour rose up in nauseating waves. He got up and showered, and the odour subsided, but he wasn't reassured. He called the doctor on the kitchen phone. No pain at all, Doc, he said. But now don't worry, Helen. I'm dizzy as hell, and this thing really stinks. I've got an emergency operation out at the hospital, but you stay put. I'll call you the minute I'm through, and you get right over here. No point in fooling around with this thing. Okay. Allenby said resignedly, but he felt a growing sense of dread as he hung up. Still, he managed his usual cheerful greeting for Helen as she breezed into the house and put the packages on the kitchen table. She bounded down on his lap and threw her arms around his neck. "'Look what I bought you!' she giggled as she jumped up, then said in a voice suddenly serious, "'How's the hand this morning, Ducky?' "'Everything is fine.' he lied. But Doc Bradley wants to see me later. Will you drive me over? Any time. Gee, I'm glad you're home. Me too. She kept up a running stream of conversation as she put the things in the refrigerator. You know what? The garage smelled so awful this morning, like something died and forgot to get buried. I took the car to that Carquick place on sunrise for a wash, and that must have been it. When I got back, everything was okay. They hadn't heard the shredded gunny sack dragging itself along as it crept into the cellar. They spent the rest of the day puttering around the house and garden, and Paul felt less alarmed, with Helen chattering gaily at his side. 
It was a beautiful October, still warm, and as he rested in the hammock with a cool drink in his hand, he almost forgot. But when it started getting darker, and they went into the house, the heaviness settled on his chest again. He was much dizzier now, and the bitter, musty smell had returned even stronger. The doctor hadn't called yet, and Paul climbed the stairs wearily to his room. Helen was busy in the kitchen, and he hoped she was unaware of his steadily increasing uneasiness. As he stripped to shower for the second time that day, he saw with horror the stain had spread over his shoulder and down across his chest. For a moment he lost all courage, and let his head drop, while his sagging body took on a shapeless form. Then he took a deep breath and straightened up. The shower took away the odour and cleared his head. Better hurry up, Doc Bradley, he thought, and slowly went down for dinner. It was dark when the call finally came, and Helen was putting the dishes away. Vaguely relieved, Paul answered, Yeah, yeah, sure, I understand. I'll be right over. He turned to his wife. Honey, get a light coat, will you? I'll go up and get the keys. He didn't need to turn on the lamps. The street lights shining in the window showed him the keys, lying on the dresser where he knew they'd be. The strong, damp odour of mildew was choking as he scooped them up and turned to leave. Then he stopped, stunned at the reflection in the mirror of the darkened room. A baggy shape rose up silently beside him. Its faceless head was split with a mirthless grin, and as it stretched out an armless sleeve and touched Paul Allenby's shoulder, it whispered hoarsely, Blood Brother. He couldn't stop screaming. Hello, ladies and gents, Ian here. Be sure to pop on over to our YouTube channel or Facebook page for regular updates. If you'd like to support our work, please consider taking a look at our Patreon or Bandcamp pages, or search for us on Audible. You'll find links to everything on our website, horrorbabble.com forward slash links.